welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This is our movie review, very spoiler-filled movie review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and we've been waiting a long time for this movie. Probably one of my favorite trilogies in the MCU, and kind of like as a sci-fi trilogy, it's very exciting. Um, We'll definitely be going into spoilers for this just as a reminder so uh lance and i saw this the other day um but before we talk about this um just this this actually happened um on the weekend of free comic book day and i think uh both of us attended a set two separate free comic book days around uh where we live and how was your free comic book day lance it was a lot of fun. I met up with Jeremy and Zion, who have both been on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to Southern California Comics, where they do a little bit of a mini con. So you got our free comic book day books. And then we also kind of perused the store, because, you know, when you have free comic book day, those stores are actually paying for those free books that they are giving away. So you yeah. got to support your local yeah. comic shop. So I picked up a few trades that I had been interested in getting. So uh pick those up. Support the local comic shops. There's always fun deals and stuff that stores are doing on free comic book day too. But I saw a uh, person that had cosplayed as a Mick Mandalorian, you could say. So their entire Mandalorian costume was <laughs> McDonald's themes. And the best part was their jetpack was their broken soft serve machine. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it even had accurate. a sign that said broken on it. Broken. <laughs> we had a couple of stormtroopers. There was a old Master Luke Skywalker and uh, Kylo Ren was walking around. I, and there was also someone dressed up with as Modoc. They had like a little yes. kind of like little hands and face uh, and uh-huh. feet like hanging from their face. And then like the rest of their body, they had like all this kind of rocket, uh, like rocket fumes, like basically like streamers <laughs> coming from underneath to cover their body. It was really funny. I've I was seen, like, that's such a good costume idea. Yeah, I've seen people posting about you can like download the 3d model of that so you can print it and then wear it as like a, a helmet type yeah. thing that's, that's really funny it's such a such a great and easy costume yeah it's so smart it's like modok on a hill <laughs> this episode is going to be talking about guardians of the galaxy volume three both of us went to see it on thursday with jeremy as well uh jeremy was going to join us but he is uh, out of town this weekend so in spirit we will hear jeremy's voice but so i know people are going to want to hear like how did this rank in terms of some of the other guardians movies some of the other mcu movies in terms of maybe you know phase four or phase five you know like kind of where does it where does it stand overall like you know so what what are your thoughts i was shocked with the combination of how much i laughed and how much i teared up it, there was always a constant emotion being had throughout the entire film. It kept you engaged. I, I even went in with relatively high expectations. It's James Gunn's the end of a trilogy. The other Guardian films have been very like well received. Uh, I'm a massive fan of the first one. The second one is growing on me. I wasn't mm-hmm. as into that one, but I loved this movie. Uh, it, it got me in the feels. It finished out beautiful arcs for multiple characters i would say the guardians have some of the biggest character development in the entire mcu uh the journey that they've all gone on personally and as a group has been 
beautiful and terrifying and heartbreaking and joyful. And the thing that James Gunn has done so well is giving us these big cinematic experiences that have a lot of heart in them, but also are very bittersweet. And that's something that I look for in film. Like I want to be joyful. I want to be happy, but I also like that feeling that not everything works out the way you want it to, but it works out in a way that is still rewarding and, and a worthwhile watch. It's one of those films just in general that is very imaginative. It's very James Gunn uh, in terms of the humor and the kind of out there attitude of some of the characters. I don't know if it works as well as a standalone movie, and I don't think it has to. I mean, just like a lot of part threes in a trilogy are going to rely on what came before. But I did like that it took a little bit of a different tone. Like it, it's evolved just like the group. Yes. And the, the first movie was a heist movie. Uh, the second movie was a, you know, disassociation of a family that had to kind of find themselves again. It was m- much about family exploration in a lot of different ways. And this one was, to me, uh, it was kind of like a rescue mission, right? I mean, it was really just all about we need to save our friend. Um, at, but it also kind of established the Guardians as they are a force, not so much like a police force, but they're this kind of, I wouldn't even say bounty hunters, but like they're still kind of a ragtag group, but they're, they're really trying to be professional, but they kind of struggle at it a little bit. Like, you know, they're very goofy and they can't quite get their, they didn't all go to orientation training, (laughs) you know, like the rules. Yeah. Well, they're, they're kind of trying to take on that role that the Nova Corps had and they got absolutely demolished in a previous film. Right. So they, might feel a little bit responsible and therefore wanting to be more of a quote unquote professional uh, team for the universe. And so that, that weight falls onto their shoulders. And then, and the thing that you said about the way the different films are and like what each one of them is, I, it also stands out to me that this film really is about each of them finishing out an arc Mm-hmm. So we obviously the main focus of this film is Rocket, but a lot of these characters, we, we get to see where the course of these films have brought them to. And th- and I know that sounds obvious. It's like, of course, this is the trilogy. You, yeah. Of course, we're going to see where they're going to end up. But they didn't have to do that. No, they didn't. And that's why when we get to things like Gamora, and of course, a lot of people are like, well, Gamora and Quill are going to get back together. And it's like, no, because this Gamora had none of those experiences with Quill that should not happen Mm -hmm. and introducing a little bit about Nebula, maybe having feelings for Quill, but not forcing this new relationship on, on them in the film as well as the audience. Cause that just doesn't feel right. But the seeds now are planted for that moving in the future. And I actually think that's a really beautiful story because it wasn't so much of Nebula is, is a character that has changed so much. Yeah. throughout all of these films and the fact that she it clearly has these emotions and feelings for quill but never verbalizes it and continues to support in the way that she does without kind of verbalizing her needs and wants is it's really interesting well she does but she screams about it she just gets really <laughs> mad it's nebula's probably got one of my favorite arcs in the mcu just 
from what she started and you know how she started and then where she is now it's 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 amazing to kind of see and uh karen gillen who plays nebula is is such an amazing actress i've i've liked her since doctor who and and yeah, you know same. seeing her just you know flourish in this this series and even like having such a kind of some some pretty big parts in like Endgame and and infinity war was was really neat as well so yeah i mean so the the big part of this movie though we'll kind of we'll kind of talk about some general stuff and then we can kind of break down um you know other things that are a little bit more spoily but uh the biggest thing about this movie that i think it was given away in the trailers was that this is really going to focus on rocket and it was a great backstory to rocket without relying so much on the backstory like it it, it did a nice job of kind of just showing flashback scenes of what happened to him what the high evolutionary who's a fantastic one of the best villains oh, that we've absolutely. seen in a while um you just love to hate this guy um, I, I despise that villain yeah and, I despise and him super high body count on the high evolutionary <laughs> we'll talk about that but it just kind of went into rocket's backstory you know it could very tragic very sad uh, hit you right in the feels with some of the things you realize that why rocket went from a sweet little raccoon uh and it does confirm he is a raccoon <laughs> yeah and he kind of embraces that but it goes from you know he why he is so sweet and then why he becomes so bitter and jaded and and vengeful and how he it's taken him a long time to get to the point where he can start to forgive and ultimately he does he 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 doesn't take the kill shot because he's like i'm a freaking guardian you know and and uh he he's matured you know and that that's a big thing for him but uh it's it's a great thing to focus on i think as a as a central plot point but it i like that it's not just about rocket because he's unconscious for a lot of the film so it actually tells his story his backstory is how he's included until like the sort of third act but then it shows the why the rest of the team uh cares about you know him and that's also kind of interesting to have gamora as the outsider who doesn't know any of these people and they're like why do you care about this character and it's it's kind of like why do you all care about each other so much yeah. you know it's kind of her way of saying to quill why do you care about me like and then by the end of the film in her own way, this is kind of like a new arc for her. Like she's already, she's in a new character arc because she's already had a character arc. This is a, a whole new Gamora. So she's kind of like, oh, okay, I understand why y'all are such a family. And I could, I could see myself as part of this, but I also have another family at this point. So yeah, the, the fact that we get to see her happy with the other Ravagers is mm -hmm. a nice send off to her character because she's having all of these experiences and developing a relationship with an entirely different group of people. So it's right that she should feel at home, not with the old guardians, but with these ravagers. Mm -hmm. One thing about the backstory with rocket, I like going to this movie, I always thought, Oh, we're going to run into see where the other, his other friends were. And so obviously like thinking walrus, but in this movie he's called Teef's. Yeah. and uh also you have blackjack o'hare but in this this storyline we get more of like a fluffy happy yeah horrifying looking floor <laughs> bunny spider metal mouth rabbit <laughs> yeah and i envisioned them thinking like oh rocket's 
they they get out at some point and then rocket left them to go do other things and then you quickly mm-hmm. learn that that's not quite what happened and and you're like okay well maybe rocket gets out but the rest of them don't and then in this movie he's gonna go find them and you yeah. learn uh no when rocket's trying to get them all out because they find out they're all just going to be destroyed he's helps them escape and then the second you think there's a chance lila gets shot by the high evolutionary just like the scream that bradley cooper give well i guess it's it's not even i don't know if it's bradley cooper at that point yeah it is bradley cooper at that point because mm-hmm. a different voice actor does the young i think it's sean gunn that does young rocket mm-hmm. uh, but at that point it was bradley cooper but the scream that he gives out is just heartbreaking when he sees lila and you just you feel the rage building when he turns around and he sees floor and teeth's also gone and it it was it was the moment where you see a person's inner workings do a 180 from being so kind and wanting to do good to i'm going to rip your face off <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, this this is this is such a great flick in terms of like every character has some sort of an arc, like even just a little one like Cosmo the dog, uh, yeah. new new character, which which well not new because we saw Cosmo even in the first movie, but the, you know this this is little flashes of Cosmo throughout previous movies and in the holiday special we finally got a voice for Cosmo and uh, uh, uh and which is a great Russian, you know, cosmonaut dog. And then, but this one, you know, Cosmo is like, was like, Oh, you know, Craglin called me a bad dog and I really want to be a good dog. And that little bit between them was great. Craglin, you know, not quite being able to control Yandu's whistle missile thing. And, and then by the end, he finally gets the confidence and we see a little glimpse of Yandu, like you can do this. And I, that was just so cool. I'm glad that that Rooker got to come back for that little cameo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the stuff with Groot or, uh, you know, finding his it, it, swole Groot, like, right. He's his, his big, big, big Groot now. <laughs> Kaiju Groot. And yeah. And uh, I mean, I, he probably had the weakest arc out of everybody. But I mean, he did from a physical standpoint, did get, get did get to do some really cool stuff with the the reveal. Like he had probably some of the cool action moments where like. You can tell Quill has been like, hey, let's do this trick where you have all these guns and you're kind of hiding them. and You pull them all out and just <laughs> just multi arm, multi arm Groot attack was pretty awesome. Um, I love the Drax, you know, learning how that he's like he's meant to be a dad. I mean, that just that yeah, whole that thing with him taking care of the kids and none of the other t- kids could connect. They underestimate his kindness. You know, they always think he's so dumb and Nebula's like, oh, why can't you do this? And then by the end, she's like. You weren't meant to be a destroyer. You were meant to be a dad. Like that, that was just, that line got me. Ugh. <laughs> so good. That line got me a lot. The, another line that, that like crushed me a couple, both from Nebula was when they finally get the, uh, video of the tests that were done on rocket. Mm-hmm. And Nebula says, this is worse than anything Thanos ever did to me. Yeah. Was terrifying and heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah. And then the next time that Nebula said something that got me was when they're on the ship, they realize that Quill and everyone else are back on their ship. Uh, and rocket comes over the comm 
and none of like Mantis, Nebula and Drax didn't know that Rocket was okay yet. And yeah. as soon as Nebula realizes it, she breaks down. Mm-hmm. Which we don't see Nebula do that ever. Yeah. Again, you know, Karen Gillan, amazing. Um, we should talk about some of the some of the new characters. So the main villain of this movie is the High Evolutionary, played by Jakuti Awuji. And he's he's such a great actor. I mean, he definitely nails this character and just has is a really fun, crazy, evil, <laughs> uh yeah. megalomaniac kind of a guy. Like he basically thinks he's a god because he's created entire civilizations and you know rightly so like he he feels like he's like i've 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 created worlds i've destroyed worlds i control this i i can genetically make what i want so i mean yeah like he it makes sense that he feels this way and he's the one that created rocket and that's sort of what spawns the whole story is he sends adam uh adam warlock who who is just called adam in this movie uh the warlock from uh who is a sort of supposed to be a evolved one of the sovereign the gold folk from the um second movie and he sends him off to uh get rocket you know because he wants his brain he wants his high intellect and he knows that even though he's a lesser being otherwise in all respects his brain is is evolved so he's trying to get that so he can um you know do more things and perfect the species but gosh what a what a awful awesome slash awesome you know well-constructed villain my only critique of this is i wish he was a little bit um in costume in his costume like he looked very similar to kang in yeah. uh quantum mania like he's wearing purple and it's kind of metal suit kind of thing and i was just like it, it just kind of was very similar to what kang had going on so i in the comics he wears like red and white and i kind of wish they had almost stuck with that a little bit but uh, otherwise you, i mean i just i love the stretched face was was a weird touch and it would and it made sense it wasn't just random you know so have you heard a lot of people thinking that high high evolutionary might actually be a variant of kang no, no yeah. but i i mean i, I the color scheme that. it's there yeah yeah but that like high evolutionary the way it was portrayed is or the way that character is written it could easily be so overacted like very yeah. easily but all of those lines were delivered so well in just the, the range that Uji gave to this character are brilliant. Him mm-hmm. having these moments where you think he's so kind and talking with, with Rocket and then a, like a flip of a switch and he's like trying to crush Rocket's head in his hands. It is such a balance of like chaos and control. Yeah. It, and it it is it makes him one of the best villains that we've had in the MCU. Well, it, and it was a great scene to have him like in one of the flashbacks how he's like kind of trying to bond and almost like have a little teaching scene like all, it was like a toddler teaching scene where he's like, "Yes, yes, that's good." And and then you can kind of see how he's like sweet to him, but then ultimately he just really doesn't care. He just sees him as Not a as a, an object and something that he can just get rid of he's like well just get rid of him just take his brain out like just very casually like uh, you know i don't care throughout his very laser-like focus of what he wants he gradually kind of shuts himself off and i really like how the there was a moment where a lot of his you know lieutenants and whatnot like turn on him and they're like you're crazy bro like (laughs) they like turn guns (laughs) on him he's like this has gone beyond whatever 
and you've you've you're just fascinated with this guy with this you're obsessed with rocket and um and he never calls him rocket he he always calls him uh eight nine eight nine, nine p13 p13 he always goes p13 and <laughs> just he's always just sees him as this as this failed experiment right mm-hmm. um and and all of them are turning on him and eventually he's just like bah! and just totally you know obliterates this his own team because he's just so focused on what he wants this movie is violent there is so many horrific things that are shown like even even the way the experiments look so the way the rocket yeah. looked in and tooths and and especially floor Deeps. yeah like the way they look just was scary like there's no way i am letting my daughter see this until she is like yeah 16 17 well, and, and the the thing terrible. where they throw the the animal inside of the little yeah. vault and and it evolves and it's like Bruh! and it's super like rage i mean it, it it it's a nice similarity to like what they're trying to do with the super soldier serum and you know that's why hulk was created and all of these different things like well that whole striving for a perfect race or striving for a perfect type of being ultimately has these consequences and you just can't do it. We're going to see it again with sinister. Whenever we see sinister, we're going to see it, you know, all this genetic experimentation, just, just don't genetically experiment folks. It's just, it's (laughs) not, it's not great. It always results in evil and, uh, terrible mutated monsters. So the, the creature that evolves and he has to like incinerate it. And it's like, that's when rockets like, Whoa. And yeah, you definitely see some really scary. This is, this is, PG-13 for a reason, for sure. This is as close as you can get to R without getting over that hill. Like the violence. barely, yeah. Like watching it a second time, there's a lot of stuff in here that they get by because the blood isn't red or it's more machine Fantasy creatures, right? Yeah, rather than a human or other creature. But oh my gosh, it is rough. Like decapitations and incineration. Yeah. Like... His face is literally like scratched off. It's two face status. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, rough. The other thing is, and and I think they kind of almost do this in a way that's not as blatant as it could have been. And I, I've, I would be surprised if there's a lot of this that got cut out. But is you know when he basically destroys the civilization, it's just boom, 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 explosion, explosion, and. I mean, it's families, it's kids. It's just like he's he's genocidally, you know, killing everyone in this in this uh, civilization that he created in Counter Earth. And we have not seen I mean, that's 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 almost as bad as what Thanos did was just like, I'm going to kill everybody. And they don't come back like (laughs) that's at least with Thanos. They they got he made all these creatures and uh you know it's 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 bad like he's he's a twisted guy if you think this podcast is super and you want to show your uncanny love for comic book keepers we've got two ways one is to leave a five-star rating and review on apple podcast or your favorite podcast app of choice it helps us get the word out for others who haven't heard about us like this one from mechanical engineer 16 who wrote Great host, great podcast. I came across this podcast looking for something to fuel my urge to know more about comic book characters, and this does exactly that. I love all the different segments as they are so creative and fun. I also love the blatant honesty that they share about every topic. They are comic book lovers who truly want everyone to understand how fun comics can be. 
I even got a quick response back on Instagram one time when I DM'd them and realized just how much they appreciate their fans. I look forward to new episodes every week. Thanks, Mechanical Engineer. The other way to show some love is to sign up on our Patreon. With a small monthly donation, you can help support the production of our show, but you also get access to members-only Discord community, exclusive episodes of our Patreon show, Bagged and Boarded, and early previews of regular episodes. You'll even get a logo sticker for signing up. Thanks to John Oliver for becoming our most recent patron. Your support is greatly appreciated. Find out more at patreon.com slash comicbookkeepers. I don't think so. Well, what I'm trying to say is... Peter, you know this is an open line, right? What? We're listening to everything you're saying. And it is painful. And you're just telling me now? We were hoping it would stop on its own. But I switched it over to private. What color button did you push? Blue, for the blue suit. Oh, no. Blue is the open line for everyone. Orange is for blue. What? Black is for orange. Yellow is for green. Green is for red. And red is for yellow. No, yellow is for yellow. Green is for red, red is for green. I don't think so. Try it then. Hello! You were right. Another new character that they brought in was, as we previously mentioned, Adam Warlock. So this was this is not the Adam Warlock from the comics, but I think it's a Adam Warlock that that it's James Gunn's interpretations of Adam Warlock. And I don't think we could have had Adam Warlock from the comics. I don't I don't think not just for this movie, but for the MCU. I think if you brought in a fully fledged Adam Warlock with great, you know, godlike powers. And then, I mean, we, we didn't really need that. We, it would be Captain Marvel, right? Like it, we, we didn't need someone that was totally in control of their powers. This was basically a toddler with superpowers. Yeah. Well, if we had Adam Warlock at full capacity, we wouldn't have needed the guardians for this movie. Yeah. Like it, it would have just been done. Because he he literally goes up against Thanos with an Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, like it's it's a whole nother level. I will say I really enjoyed what Will Poulter did with Adam with what he was given because clearly we get this infantile version of the character, but he brought a lot of heart to the mm. role. I am yeah. very excited to see where his character goes because based off the post credit scene, we have a new Guardians team, which I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about in a minute. But there's no way that dude got that jacked for this singular role in this movie. Clearly, they have plans for the Guardians moving forward. It might not be super soon, but I definitely think that we're seeing we're going to see Adam Warlock again. We're going to see this other iteration of the team because it's needed. We've got to have those Guardians around still. I hope so. Yeah, Will, Will Poulter is is a great actor. He's done a lot of some character stuff previously and various movies and it's just really fun to see him in a different kind of role and he's got such a, a expressive face and and just seeing some of his like kind of it's almost like derpy kind of reaction like oh wait no don't do that you know like uh it's it's funny to see somebody with just such power mm-hmm. that doesn't quite know how to use it <laughs> right um, i the only thing i wish for his character was that after his uh, mother blew up from that ship that we oh, got yeah. like just just a scene of him like turning to help the other side because mm-hmm. it was it was just very abrupt of of him still trying to like attack them and then like Groot saves him after he's unconscious and takes yeah. him off the ship I just wish there was something there because I don't I didn't feel like there was that 
moment they still needed of him attacking them again because his mom's already gone. Like, why would Adam care yeah, yeah. anymore at that point about capturing Rocket? Or or if he thought that they were responsible somehow, like it, it, it was just, it was a little. Yeah, it was a little rushed. Um, and, you know, granted, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. There's <laughs> there's no way they can hit every single thing that should have been shown in this movie. Because yeah. then the movie would have just been ridiculously long. Because it's a two and a half hour runtime. Great runtime for this movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot here. So much to love. That was probably just one of those few things that I was just like, I wish we got just a little bit more. But I'm I'm sure we'll see yeah. more moving forward. The The only other thing that stood out to me as kind of being a little bit strange, but I get why they did it. The whole thing we talked about of rocket, not taking out the high evolutionary at the end. And I, I like the fact that he said, I'm a guardian. That's like, I'm not going to do this, but yeah. like two seconds later, they just slaughtered the rest of the ship. So it's like, it's like a murder hobo to I'm a guardian, but, but I get it though. Cause the reason they were going through that tunnel was so that they could save all the kids. So obviously like that's the motivation for getting through that wall and that hallway scene, one of the best action sequences in the MCU. Oh yes. Brilliantly I mean, that, shot. Oh, So good. The CGI in this movie is perfection. That's it's great. so good. The, the fact that we've gotten subpar animation or CGI recently to no fault of the animators because they've had rush jobs. They've had to work on multiple projects in a very limited amount of time. So it's not on them. It is on scheduling. It's on the studios. But clearly this film had the time taken because it was James Gunn's send off. I'm sure he was making sure everything looked the best it could possibly be be looking but brilliant i don't know what it is about hallways with like daredevil hallway scenes and darth vader hallway scene in rogue Uh one but if you have a hallway scene in anything like pop culture related it's gonna be the best scene in the entire movie other things that we should point out um like other little tidbits that i liked that i really loved from this movie uh sylvester stallone does come back he was he was we saw him briefly as a uh, Stakar Ogord, which was a one of the Ravengers that was high ranking. So he comes back and he's kind of in charge of the Ravengers that um, uh, Gamora is, is uh, a part of. So we get to see Sylvester Stallone again, which is always kind of fun, um, as well as some of the other, you know, kind of OG Ravengers from mm-hmm. before, which was interesting. Yeah, like the glass one is Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is super cool. It's awesome. And also the one with the sling ring that he shows his emotions through magic because he doesn't yeah. have enough. So yes. cool. Yeah, I love that. Linda Cardellini, who has previously been in the MCU as Laura Barton, got to come back and voice Lila, the anthropomorphic otter, who is kind of Rocket's love interest and just a heartbreaking, you know, she loss. So but she does so such good. a good job with just the little scenes that she's in. And she's so such a sweet voice. And yeah, I just I, I loved hearing her and I was like, oh, the 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 moment where Rocket is dying and Lila comes to see him and it's oh, like, yeah. we're all we're all flying through space. And like, it's like, yeah. can I Rocket's like, can I come with you? And it's just like heartbreak. And you think Rocket's gone. And she's like, and then, yeah, you can. And but, then you wait. But, but not right. Not but not yet. <laughs> oh, that that got me so bad. And even that moment, she's like my little raccoon. He's like, I'm not a raccoon. And that's when he jumps back. Yeah. And this moment, this movie has like a big 
moment of acceptance of who you are. It's a lot of self-realization. And for Rocket, when he sees all the little baby raccoons in that cage and he like sees the sign and he realizes he is a raccoon, like that's his species. Mm-hmm. And he like gets all the raccoons and he he's realizing who he is. And then he has that showdown with the high evolutionary and turns on the gravity boots like we saw him have in the beginning of the film. So there's a callback to the reason why we have that there and him just throwing down and him just saying I'm rocket rocket raccoon because in the comic he's, he's like so proud of his full name. Like he says it all the time. Like I'm rocket raccoon. Like, so getting him to understand like, Oh, this is who I am. Is, is such a beautiful moment. I the, our, the audience cheered when he said it the first time that opening night, which was really fun. Yeah. But, oh man, that, that fight scene sequence with High Evolutionary with the rest of the Guardians is just, they they throw down. He's he's beat up yeah. pretty bad. I agree. The, the hallway scene is great. I mean, that was kind of like the 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 shot of in, in Avengers Age of Ultron when all of them are kind of having their yes. own little moment. But this is like a really long, cool action sequence. And but I would say one thing that even tops that for me was in uh the uh Orgo Corp when Mantis and we haven't really talked about Mantis, but Mantis has a great moment and probably one of my favorite things I've seen with her where she's like jumping from uh soldier to soldier and she's like you know, act, act funny and you're asleep <laughs> rage. And she just like mentally controls yeah, everybody. She just, makes the guy dance. Yeah. She, you love to dance. And you just touch everybody. And like, you realize that Mantis is dangerous in a, in oh, a fight. Absolutely. She can just completely like, just, I'm going to touch you and, and you're going to do what I say. And, and that's, that's purple man scary. Like she's, she's uh yeah it's really fun she just jumps on the one she's like you're angry and just ah (laughs) yeah uh that was that was awesome yeah Uh, but yeah the 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 hallway scene was so good just i mean drax has the daggers and gamora has the you know long sword and and groot got to do some cool moves with just his long groot maneuvers and and rocket he he threw his branches into someone and then made them expand and the person like exploded from the inside yeah it's insane nebula is just punching and like you know turns her arm she she's had some upgrades to her arm is like a photon cannon and she like gets her head knocked back and kind of snaps back into place creepy nebula style and and then she you know so everybody kind of has this moment to shine which is just it's super satisfying um yeah even star lord gets in there and like does some cool maneuvers with the gun and everything and yeah it was it was uh it's just it's great uh it was a lot of fun for sure um and and of course cosmo has a great moment back on the uh (laughs) on on nowhere (laughs) where you know like well craglin has his moment with the you know he's like i finally get to create the little needle thing and he does that and then Cosmo has a great moment where just causing these two big slabs of concrete, you know, to of building to slam together on top of Warpig, um, who's coming towards them. And uh, that that was well, Warpig awesome was too. already dead. Warpig oh. got his head ripped off by Warlock. Oh, so yeah, th- yeah. This was like the weird turtle bird looking thing. Oh, yeah. Some, some other <laughs> some other thing. Right? Yeah. yeah, I just like but that pig. It was so funny, though, the setup, though, because Cosmo jumps in front of Kraglin. The thing's like, you're a dog. What are you going to do? And then like the walls come on either side. Bam. And then Kraglin's <laughs> just like, 
she's a good dog. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> it goes together. <laughs> that, that was the other thing. There were so many ongoing jokes yeah. that had good payoffs. There's the, she's a bad dog. She's a bad dog. She's a bad dog. She's a good dog. And then you also had the, did it look cool or did I look cool? Yeah. <laughs> but each cool. of the guardians basically do throughout the whole time, which is pretty yeah. funny. I love that. Uh, oh, we got to mention uh, as, as we're mentioning these little characters, uh, Nathan Fillion got to oh, have so good. Like he's he's not. I mean, he's been a friend of James Gunn for a while. He was he was in a lot of makeup in the first movie as one of the prisoners, the big tough prisoner guys. But this one, it's actually him. So Nathan Fillion appears as Master Karja who is an Orgo Sentry at Orgo Corp. And it's the Orgo Corp is so silly because it's these giant kind of foam, uh, you know, suits that look like they look like sort of a a bug flesh kind of thing with these big poofy like muscle parts. It, it, It looks out of like Barbarella. It's just it's so silly looking, but you can see why like this this place that's made out of like living tissue it's like a, a base made out of like flesh <laughs> it's so gross really but, it's really really gross um yeah i mean so like it was just like little weird weird stuff but nathan fillion's very funny it's so good uh, and that's another one of the ongoing jokes of like i have one of those like the the freaking coworker that you hate that does everything wrong it's yeah like, i got one of those i get it there was a lot of funny <laughs> moments with nathan fillion in this movie yeah Oh, and we got to see Howard the Duck again. Yeah, he was back. In, in a card game. Yeah, Howard the Duck, Seth Green comes back, voices Howard the Duck. One thing I think that didn't work as well is when they got to Counter-Earth. And I, I guess it took me out a little bit from from just the story of, I felt like it slowed down quite a bit when, it, when they got to Counter-Earth. And they're like, all right, they just came to some random street. And then you have all these like animal people who you know <laughs> they're trying to figure out what to say um and they're like where do we go to find th- this and like they're in a spaceship and i'm just like why couldn't they see where this space was they had to go to some random house and try to communicate and there was a lot of funny moments and the, the house bit was really funny but i just felt like it was kind of like what's happening here they don't have a plan they don't they don't know with all their technology, they don't know, like, they can't see the giant fortress that's in the middle. Of the, you know, like, it's right there. They can see it from the window of this house they went to. I, w- I was just like, what? What's what's going on here? Is This is just felt very, like, this is just a, a way for them to separate. Separate. And, and yeah, I was like, uh, okay. But, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I get I, the, the animal people were just kind of like, eh, eh, they're okay. Yeah, I I will say it did set up for the first MCU f bomb, and it was really really <laughs> yeah. well placed. Nicely, yeah. Said that was funny. Yeah. Do we want to jump to the mid credit scene where we get to see the new Guardians team? Sure. Obviously, we know that Rocket was named the new captain of the Guardians. Everyone kind of said they needed to go off and do their own things. Like Quill is going to go back to Earth. He he finds his grandfather mantis is going off with those are they obelisk what do they call their obelisks or something like that with those three giant things uh oh, yeah. Dra- drax and nebula are staying in nowhere and so there needs to be a new leader so they all name like rocket is the new leader so we have rocket and in this moment we see adam warlock has joined the team we also have craglin there of course in cosmo but there is one of the children that was saved and you caught the name and what was it again? Her name's Phyla Vell, and she is a p- 
powerful character in the comic. She's actually one of the original guardians in adult form that Peter Quill puts together for his first team of the guardians, not the original guardians from the eighties, but the, the new guardians from like the 2007 one and Philavel at the time in the comics is actually Quasar. She's like the second Quasar. Um, she's also been uh, Captain Marvel, um, you know, but, but she's perhaps best known as, as a member of, of the guardians. So it's kind of interesting to see her come in as a young character um, with these powers, which is really cool. And, and you don't really put two and two together. It's not super obvious that it's her. Like, I mean, as a casual, I was like, I, cause she has a different hair and she has a different look and she's kind of like, you know, a prisoner in this, in the high evolutionary ship. So when, when you shoot her later, it's like, Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So this is, this is Phyla Vell. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty neat. Nice. Uh, and to see and, Phyla. Yeah. And then obviously we don't see Groot in the moment, but there's looks like they're sitting on rocks, but then the oncoming threat to this town comes forward and rocket smacks the rock and is like, all right, Groot get up. And we realize it's not rock. It's Groot. And he is like King Groot size. Now he's massive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge, huge Groot with big old head. And just like, he's got this almost like boulder size body. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, Adam Warlock is part of the new crew and his little alien uh, blurp, <laughs> which is which is a fun <laughs> character. Uh, it's like this little ball with a mouth like, Rah! you know, so like he's in he's in there. Cosmo, the space dog is part of the new group and Craglin, of course. And he's like, yeah, I could take care of these guys for you. This big army that's coming. He's like, yeah, I can just take care of it. So I mean, it's, it's really neat to see like some new. It, it reminds me of when like the new Avengers you know, starts the new Avengers team at the end of Avengers two. And they're like, yeah, here's this new, new crew. And uh, it's, it's neat to see that the, the guardians is willing to like evolve and live on. And it's not just the five, it's like they're expanding and, and they, it's that they're continuing to say like, Hey, we, we're going to see the guardians again. um, And we'll probably see a lot of these characters again and evolve. And it's, it's, it's pretty neat. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I hope they show up sooner rather than later. And then the end end credit scene is just Quill having breakfast with his grandfather, and he's reading grandfather's reading the newspaper, and it's about Kevin Bacon, t- like a tell all story <laughs> about him being abducted, like during the Christmas special, and they're just having like a random conversation about like mowing some neighbor's lawn type of thing. So it's yeah. it's cute. It's heartfelt. Quinn's able to spend time with his grandfather, who clearly had been hoping that he was out there somewhere and it was very sweet yeah very sweet moment it was very sweet and i think i'll just say that you know anybody that's that's lost a grandparent or that's been you know close to or the basically the grandparents were their parents there's a lot of people out there that that's that's true and and uh it was one of those moments that uh you'll definitely tear up for when when quill shows up and he's like it's you like you you came back like he instantly knew who Peter yeah. Quill was like he sees him he's like Peter and 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 uh the, the, there's I love that there's no like you left or like where have you been it's just it's just boom like yeah you know thank goodness you're okay yeah and it's it's cool at the very very end you know after that little breakfast scene um it says the legendary star lord will return and and there might be a little hint in that cuz um I read an article on Entertainment Weekly and uh, they were saying that there there is a recent comics run called The Legendary Star-Lord 
from writer Sam Humphreys and artist Paco Medina. And it's it kind of follows Peter after he left The Guardian. So maybe that's going to be possibly a series on Disney Plus, or maybe it'll be like his own movie, or maybe we'll just see Star-Lord come back at some point, maybe in like a Secret Wars. Uh, or so oh, they're like all that. coming back for Secret Wars. They are 100% all coming back for Secret Wars. Yeah. So uh, it'll be... Well, maybe not all of them, but some of them definitely are coming back. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing that I want to mention before we finish up is one soundtrack was phenomenal so for good. this movie. It fits so well on multiple layers at certain times, just the motions that were being shown. It, it just worked. The way Gunn builds scenes around songs is brilliant. So well done. And if anyone had a keen eye during the movie, I noticed this on the second watch through was that when uh, rocket goes back to get those baby raccoons, there is the first Marvel DC crossover that James Gunn <laughs> yeah. has dropped in there because <laughs> eagerly from peacemaker is literally in the cage right beneath the baby raccoons. I mean, not confirmed. Well, he, yeah, not confirmed, but is, he chooses is, he chooses the one prominent one animal that is prominent sure. in his other comic book property that he has. This would make a lot of sense because if Eagly is uh, genetically enhanced by the high evolutionary, then it would make sense that he knows all how these tricks hug. and you know and how to <laughs> hug and yeah, I mean like he's very smart. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just like a fun little Easter egg that obviously like the animal that is so prominent in Peacemaker just yeah. happens to be the one animal he chooses to be below the main focus of that shot. Like for sure that was done on purpose. So Marvel versus Marvel versus DC confirmed everybody. It's going to happen. James Gunn. He brought it to us. I didn't see that. I mean, I, I don't see it. I think it's just a coincidence, but you know, who knows? I mean, James Gunn Eddie, definitely likes to reuse some of his actors. So if, he's probably going to reuse some of his animals too. You think James possible. Gunn does anything by chance? You think he just said randomly, Oh, throw whatever animals you I, want in any I, cage. I just, I'm waiting for the confirmation. That's all. That's all. I just want to, I just want the, the tweet to happen that says, yep, that was eagerly. Well, I don't even think it's eagerly. I just think it's, I think it's just the fact that it is an eagle, a bald eagle yeah. that is right underneath the raccoons. Well, I think we've talked enough about Guardians 3 and who knows, like maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back and talk about Guardians 4 at some point, but we know, we don't know. This is definitely the, the last swan song of this particular iteration of the Guardians team as we have seen them over the last three Guardians movies. But we are definitely going to see, like, as Len said, a lot of these characters again. And uh, they'll probably continue to make appearances in other other movies and, and TV shows and things like that. So, I mean, I, 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 I loved seeing the evolution of these characters. And, um, and it was definitely a great note for them to go out on. This is definitely, like, the, the, the best part three movie in like all of the trilogies. I think uh, it might even be better. Well, might even be better than, than civil war. Um, I don't know that that's going to be a tough one. Uh, I have to go back and watch civil war and then watch this again. So kind of like, how do these compare? Because they both are, they both are really, really well constructed. So I don't know. Um, a lot of fun though, for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. This, this movie has cracked my top 10. So 
I, I won't say where it drops, but uh, it's up there. The second rewatch bumped it up even higher than the first watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really happy with it. I thank you, James Gunn, for and the rest of this entire team that put this movie together, the entire cast, because everyone crushed it. This movie is phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, why did you listen to this episode? <laughs> Please go, <laughs> go watch it. Go watch the movie. <laughs> Freaking watch this movie. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to close the book on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So until next time, this is Chris and Lance reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Closer.